Hi, and welcome back to the Church Renewal podcast from Flourish Coaching. I'm your host, Alan Edwards, and we're dropping in your feed today with one of our special listener question episodes. We put out on Facebook and Twitter to our friends and to our colleagues that we're starting this podcast, and we just basically said, what do you want to talk about when it comes to the renewal and revitalization of churches? I've got Matt Bowling, Flourish's executive director, here with me today, and we're looking forward to digging into some of these. We'd love for you to join the conversation with us. So you can reach us by email. I'm alan at flourishcoaching.org. That's A-L-L-A-N. You can reach our director, Matt, at flourishcoaching.org by email as well. You can always connect to us on Facebook at tinyurl.com backslash flourishfb or on Twitter, flourishcoach1. That's flourishcoach and the number one. Share your thoughts and questions, and maybe you'll be featured on a future episode here of the podcast. Flourish exists to set ministry leaders free with the gospel so that they can be effective wherever God has called them. When pastors or churches feel stuck, our coaches come alongside them to renew their hope and help them gain strategic clarity. All right, let's dig in and explore the ways that Jesus is renewing his church. We're back on the Church Renewal podcast, taking listener and colleague questions and comments as we think about the conversation around church renewal. I've got Matt Bowling, Executive Director of Flourish, in the studio with me today. Hey, Matt, how's it going? Hi, Alan. How are you? Oh, better than I deserve. Excellent. Wait, is this the Dave Ramsey podcast? No! (laughs) Um, So we have a comment from Dan in Pittsburgh. Dan asks, what criteria are used to discern when a church needs to be revitalized or renewed. Matt, what do you think about that issue of criteria? Most of the time when people are thinking about this, it's because they have uh, been pushed into it because they can no longer pay their bills. Okay. Or they find that they lose a pastor and they don't think that they could pay to hire a new pastor. So most churches are waiting until they're basically pushed up against the money wall before they do that. Right. Yeah. How does somebody get pushed up against the money wall? Well, either a lot of their people are protesting and won't give money. That mm-hmm. happens sometimes manipulatively. Right. Sure. Or they've just uh, fallen below the number of giving units that could support having a full time pastor okay. or maintain the facility or whatever you want to do. That at one time they had enough giving units to be able to pay a pastor and maintain the facility and they can no longer. So you're saying that for most churches, the criteria that that they have for themselves are when we can't pay the bills anymore or when we are bleeding and losing members over some big church blow up or when we're not sure we can pay a or pastor just age again. Out. Just slowly age out. Or we see ourselves aging out. So right. these are the criteria that a lot of churches use to determine right. whether or not they need to be revitalized. Right. We got to do something around here. We got to fix this thing. Right. Or else we're going to go out of existence. Are those the best criteria for when a church needs to be renewed or revitalized? No, they're really not because all those evidence, those would be symptoms of a problem. Those are late stage evidence. Those are late stage evidence, right? And they're, they're, they evidence a church that has been in survival mode for a long time. Right. right. You don't just, now there are some church conflicts that explode churches and they sure. do kind of get there overnight. Yeah. Even those, though, would have roots further back. Absolutely. So how do you keep from getting there and what are healthier ways to look at it? Maybe that's the way we want to think about framing this question. So I think that there are um, biblical criteria that Jesus gives us. Just think through the letters in Revelation. 
Just mm -hmm. take those, read those letters, write down on a yellow pad or type on your computer, what are the kinds of issues that churches fall into? Read through Paul's letters. What are the kinds of things that Paul has to correct among the churches? The things that he sends Timothy and Titus to go put back in place. What are the things that have to be addressed there? Hebrews, people not sticking with Jesus, going to some things that are easier, that are more tactile, right? We live in a very pleasure-centric culture right. uh, like they did, right? So there's lots of things that churches can fall into, well, frankly, that Jesus is concerned about. Right. And so we really ought to have a very clear idea, what's Jesus' scorecard? What's on it? Right. And how does our church match up to so it? So all churches should be asking themselves, what is Jesus' scorecard? And, and in what areas do we need to be renewed? Absolutely. They should study the scriptures, and they should should be asking themselves that question yes. regularly. Absolutely. Um, when the problems become acute, they go from the general renewal that all churches need all the time to revitalization and maybe even the replanting phase when when they're facing certain realities of yep. viability. Right. Um, if I if I if I was a denominational leader and I had the opportunity to send a revitalization pastor or a renewal pastor or some resources to a church, how do I I, I want to be careful how I say this because because there are saints in these churches who need Absolutely. to be pastored and loved and shepherded. Right. But are there certain things that I can observe or assess from the outside that tell me this is a church that has the potential to be renewed or revitalized? Are there certain things that I might look for in the culture of that church or the practice of that sure. church sure. that would say this is these have the criteria of a of a good chance at revitalization? I think two things, two sort of broad categories. Uh, one is, do they get what the church is about, right? So is this a church that's on a on a particular hobby horse or that they have a very narrow perspective that keeps them from more broadly looking at the sorts of things that Jesus is concerned about, like discipleship and the Great Commission and um, loving your neighbor, loving God, right? So are, are there there's sort of those broad biblical things. Does this church want to be a biblical church? There's also some things that would impinge in um, that are also we believe equally important. So for example, um, can power be exercised by the people um, that are supposed to be in power? So yeah. for example, can the elders lead? Right. Or do they have to get permission from somebody? This is the difference between Paul and the Judaizers where Paul confronts them in the New Testament letters and Peter, and particularly in that episode in Galatians 2, where the power dynamic is broken, right? And rather than Peter, the apostle correcting, the the power in that situation is obviously somewhere else because Peter doesn't correct and has to be confronted by Paul. Correct. Okay. Absolutely. So yeah. is is there a healthy? Is there at least the core of of leaders who are committed to biblical things about what the church should be? Yep. And do they have the cachet with the people? And you know a little bit of a little bit of chutzpah. Yep. Did I say that right, Matt? You did. You said it right. You got to get a little more flammy than chutzpah. Chutzpah. Uh, to to do some of to do some of that leadership. All right, Matt. So those are some good criteria to discern whether or not a church needs renewal and whether or not a church is a particularly good candidate for renewal. Um, Dan goes on to ask us what defines a healthy church. Now that is. That, that could be the, just the title of this whole podcast. Sure. Right? Yeah. Um, but in particular, if we're talking about criteria, mm -hmm. what are the criteria that you look for 
uh, in a church to say, yes, this church is healthy. No, this church is unhealthy. So when we do a church health assessment, one of the things that Flourish does is we, we do church health assessments. We're looking at, I'm just going to kind of rip down this list real quick and just tell you what they are with very little comment, right? So we're looking for a church, whether a church is committed to the Great Commission, right? Is that their central focus? Uh, we're looking at Jesus took the Ten Commandments, right? And um, the Jews of his day had made him into 605 that they thought they were keeping. Jesus takes the Ten Commandments and squishes them down to two that everybody knows that they're not keeping, right? So he's looking at love of God and love of neighbor. So does the church love God? And does the church demonstrate their love uh, for the people within the church, their near neighbors, and their physical neighbors that are outside of the church? We're looking uh, at gospel centrality. When you look at Paul, the Apostle Paul, the entire way that he ministered to those churches that had lost their way was to re-preach the gospel to them. He viewed all of their problems as gospel problems. And so we're looking to see, does the church have the gospel at the center uh, like Paul would have ministered to those churches? We're looking at whether a church uh, makes use of the means of grace uh, in their uh, Sunday services, right? Word, prayer, and sacraments, and then also in families, in people's personal lives. Uh, is that actually what's going on? Is that how people envision uh, growth uh, in Christ happening? We look for something that uh, may be surprising, but in some circles, biblical church membership. So uh, there were countable people that were within those local churches that we see in the New Testament. And so this is an important thing to us, and is it being practiced? Also, biblical church leadership. Are there leaders? Uh, are they people who are of good repute? Are they people that people that the congregants want to uh, imitate, right? Imitate their faith. Sure. Yeah. Right? Hebrews 13, 7. Look at the outcome of their way of life. Imitate their faith. Are they examples to the flock? Do they lead in these traits, uh, particularly the outward ones, right? And then transformation and reformation. We're trying to look at a church and say, obviously, with Jesus coming, uh, giving all those letters, giving letters in Revelation, Paul's letters being inspired. God is very interested in churches that have lost their way, finding their way again. And so one of the things that we look in at church is, are they willing? Are they willing to change? Are they willing to be different? Willing to own their need for renewal? Right. So we call those in our ministry, biblical culture dynamics, right? That's the dynamics of the biblical culture. We're also looking, do you want me to go on to these? Yeah, I think so. I think before you do, though, I think it's important for us to also say, when we ask the question, what defines a healthy church? On this side of glory, is any church ever going to be perfectly healthy? No. So all churches need to be renewing and revitalizing all the time? All the time. Just like individual Christians yeah. still have sanctification to go, so do churches. So, so this first set of criteria, that's what Flourish looks for in a church. Is your church's culture shaped by the Bible and what the church, what the Bible says your church, your cultural dynamics should be. Now, the second set of criteria that Flourish looks at, you call renewal culture indicators. Does that mean these are the kind of flags you're looking for that tell us, yes, this is a good candidate for renewal? Yes. So the, these are like the, what we would say like are the cultural fruits of a church that is ready for renewal. So these don't have to be present, but a congregation has to want them to become present among them. They see these as their needs and they want them to come into existence. Um, and these, um, you can't turn in the Bible and find these. These are things that are studied, things that are implications of what's in the scriptures, things that researchers have found are important. And so we'll, we'll give you these as well, as we look at these in our church health assessment as well. 
The first is um, cultural homogeneity or diversity. So, in uh, the easiest way to get a hold of this is: um, is a church does a church want to reflect its zip code? Okay. So we're not talking about um, just making sure that we have different kinds of people in our congregation. Correct. Cultural uh, a, a a church that is ripe for renewal is one that desires to re- to reflect the community wherein the church is situated. Absolutely. Okay. And they're they, and they're they're willing to own that there are a lot of cultural dynamics about the way that they do church and think about things, leadership, um, musical forms. They're, they recognize that um, it's not just that they have no culture, but that every church has got a culture, and they're at least open and they're curious uh, about it, and um, curious that that the cultures that are within their zip code are represented as well uh, in the church. So that's one of these renewal culture indicators. Another one we mentioned uh, on, at other times in the podcast is um, power dynamics, right? So do the people who, when you pull out the church directory and you see who are the leaders, do those leaders have permission to lead? Or are there um, people that you have to get permission from uh, in order to lead? And so can leadership actually be exercised by the pastor, by the leaders together? Or are there interpersonal conflicts? Um, that haven't been resolved and that keep leadership from going forward? Are there power brokers? Um, are there sacred cows? Things that, that Jesus is not all that concerned about, but people in the church have made primary. A third renewal culture indicator, again, these are things that we would say that that, that make a church, show that a church is, is ripe for renewal, um, is a discipleship culture. So a biblical thing is that we're committed to the Great Commission. We're committed to making disciples, right? A discipleship culture is looking at it and saying, is that actually happening? Is are there we, a plan? Are we bringing people along? Yes. I know where I am, and my church has said to me, if I want to continue to grow as a disciple of Jesus, here are the next steps that I take along a, along what you call a discipleship continuum. Right, Matt? Absolutely. So this would be one of the fruits of, of us meditating and thinking about simple church. Is there clarity, alignment, focus, direction? Is there movement, right? And so is there a plan to actually help people move along? And are people experiencing that uh, in the culture? Um, another one would be uh, what we would call intentional faithfulness. Um, this is our way of trying to say that um, to actually be faithful uh, as a church uh, is to think about the church itself as a missionary tactical force, that there's a great intentionality about the way that we go about things. And so that's really looking outward, right? Are we committed to loving and serving the neighborhood where the church is situated? Um, are we about, actually about the Great Commission and faithfully going about it like missionaries would uh, in our neighborhood? Do we care for our non-Christian friends uh, and neighbors? Another uh, cultural indicator has to do with hospitality. Um, are we hospitable among people that are already in the church? Do we prioritize care for other people? By hospitality, you mean I have you over to my house for pizza, right? That's certainly one of the ways that it could happen. Yeah. There's probably more ways, right? Now, now, see, a lot of people's experience with hospitality is um, it's exhausting. I have to get my house cleaned up. I have to really present to you a a perfect front Absolutely. for you to come in my life. Is that the kind of hospitality you mean? No, not at all. I, biblical hospitality is that I actually make time for relationships with people. And a lot of times that's spent over a meal. That could be done a lot of different ways. 
um, and it doesn't have to meet a certain particular um, standard or something like that, that's a great mistake. Um, but one of the things that's important uh, for people in your community that don't know Jesus is they'll know whether you actually really care about them. And a lot of people, the way that they feel cared for is that you spend time with them uh, in your home. It can be messy. There can be toys everywhere. You can say, excuse the mess. But what people will know is whether you actually care and love about them. You actually mm -hmm. love them, right? Sure. And so hospitality is super important. Um, is there? Here's a question we would ask. Is there intentional care for people who are unlike the people of the congregation? So can anyone in your zip code find a home uh, in your church? And then the last one that we look at of these renewal cultural indicators is, is what we would call gospel apprehension. So a biblical cultural dynamic is gospel centrality, but are the renewal cultural indicator that correlates to that, that says, is this a church that's ripe for renewal, is are people actually experiencing change under the gospel? Is it the driving and motivating force in the faith and obedience of people? Are people exploring the gospel more deeply in their discipleship? So are they going deeper with the gospel and wider with the gospel? And the reason that we say that, that we're not just committed to it um, sort of notitionally, but people are actually experiencing it, is that's what all the letters of Paul expect. That if, as people understand the gospel more deeply and apply it more broadly, that the health of the church uh, increases. And so we're looking at that, and we want to see that uh, in a congregation that's ripe for renewal. That's great. So what uh, are the criteria for a healthy church? How do you know if a church needs renewal or revitalization? These are great questions, Dan. Um, Matt, thank you for sharing Flourish's perspective on some of these. Uh, we'd love to hear your perspective as well. What do you think makes a healthy church? How do you know a church needs revitalization or renewal? Reach out to us. You can get Flourish's executive director by email at Matt Bowling at Flourish, or Matt, sorry, it, his name's Matt Bowling. You can get him, Matt at flourishcoaching.org. You can email me, Alan at flourishcoaching.org. You can check in on our Facebook, tinyurl.com slash flourishfb. Please rate the podcast, comment, subscribe, share it with a friend so that we can broaden this conversation about church renewal. There's a reason that Flourish is invested in the conversation about church renewal, and it's this. We believe there's only one fully sufficient reason that this day dawn, Jesus is yet gathering a people to himself, and he is using the church to do it. So please join us as we pray for the renewal of our churches and come and dig in with us into the ways that Jesus is renewing his church.